Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. Today is Tuesday, April 24th. I'm your host, Anastasia Yuglova. Congressional Democrats are ignoring Bush's veto threat, expecting a narrow approval in the House and Senate by the end of the week for their $124 billion war spending bill. The bill would order the administration to begin phasing out troops starting on October 1st, according to a timetable that includes progress benchmarks for the Iraqi government. For commentary, we have Cato's Director of Foreign Policy Studies, Chris Preble. What are your thoughts on the $124 billion spending bill? Well, first of all, it's not a big surprise that the Democratic leadership in the House and Senate managed to reconcile the two bills. They did take out some of the pork barrel spending that was included, particularly in the House bill. And I think they have presented to the president a a relatively straightforward proposal that funds the troops but includes timetable tied to the goals that the Iraqi government is demonstrating. So the president and Secretary Gates have said that they want the Iraqi government to make progress towards reconciliation. And I think the bill is consistent with the message the administration has been sending both to the Iraqis and to the American public. Is a timetable for withdrawal right now really a good idea when we're nowhere near winning? Well, the question becomes, how likely are we to be winning a year from now or two years from now or three years from now? As every military leader, including General Petraeus, has said, what is happening in Iraq and the challenge in Iraq is primarily political, not military. It is about the Iraqi leadership and Iraqi public coming to terms with the changes that have taken place over the last few years where obviously the Shiites are the dominant party and are trying to accommodate their newfound power and the minorities, particularly the Sunni Arabs and the Kurds, trying to hold on to their prerogatives. And that's what this is all about. So when we talk about winning, when we talk about winning militarily, that's really a non-starter. The U.S. military has had some success in terms of hunting down terrorists and most recently in partnering with some Iraqis to fight against al-Qaeda types. But the fact remains that what's going on now in Iraq is a civil war primarily between Iraqis fighting other Iraqis, and the U.S. troops are in a very difficult, almost impossible position, not wanting to choose sides, but also not wanting to just stay in the middle. Has any progress been made militarily in, say, the past year? It it does seem to be a case of two steps forward, three steps back. While you can always point to individual successes and on a kind of person-by-person, unit-by-unit basis, There's no doubt a lot of good work being done by the U.S. military, but the fact also remains that the security situation in Iraq is very dire. Even if we are able, the U.S. and the Iraqis are able to improve security in particular neighborhoods, for example, in Baghdad, that means they're diverting resources away from other parts of Iraq, so where you see violence perhaps go down in one place, you see it go up elsewhere. And we also see, as part of the surge strategy, that the U.S. military is more exposed. They are more susceptible to terrorist violence, they're more susceptible to insurgent violence, sniper fire, being in the crossfire of this incipient civil war. And so we've actually seen U.S. casualties go up a little bit since the surge started. And we should note that U.S. casualties have traditionally gone down during the spring and the late winter, early spring period. So we would have expected casualties to go down a little bit. And in fact, they've stayed quite high. Tragically, just today, papers are reporting nine American soldiers killed in a bombing, another 20 injured, which I think is reflective of the kind of challenges that the U.S. military is dealing with on a daily basis. And so far, no clear evidence that this violence is coming down. What will be the effect of a pullout on violence on the ground? 
I think anyone who predicts that the violence in Iraq is likely to go down after U.S. withdrawal is really being irresponsible. Given the state of Iraqi society right now and the absence of any great desire to reconcile among the competing political factions, there's a sense on the part of many of the parties that they can achieve their ends through military means, through violence. And so I think that in the short term after U.S. withdrawal, we're likely to see an increase in violence. However, I think that's likely to be the case whether the United States stays for five years or 15 or 50. And that has always been the case that the U.S. military and any foreign military is not in a position to broker a civil war. And I think that's exactly the situation we're in now. So it's a question of trying to recover U.S. military strength to deal with other challenges, including the challenges of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan and in Pakistan, but even al-Qaeda in parts of Iraq, where, again, you do not need a large-scale ground presence and occupation force, in effect, to deal with those kinds of threats. And that's the kind of footprint the United States military should have, not just in Iraq, but throughout the world, is focused on the terrorists and working with the local parties, but not acting as an occupation force. All right. Thanks, Chris, for that commentary. To bring you this podcast, Cato accepted no government contributions. The majority of our support comes from individuals like you. So if you like this programming and would like to make a contribution, please visit the Cato website to find out how at www.cato.org. And as always, thank you.